You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that encourages mindfulness, gratitude, and hopefully an occasional laugh. I'm Mark Reed, a former college professor and lawyer. Now I live in the countryside of Japan, make traditional Japanese paper, and try to make myself and the world a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm here twice a week, either with research and observations or talking with inspiring, artistic, and influential people. The idea is to bring some calm and kindness to the world and help you do the same. Hey, here we are. My guest today is already a phenomenal inspiration on social media to many people, as you'll soon find out, and she's still in her 20s. But uh, if it was just inspirational words she was putting out, like motivational quotes and frequent encouraging affirmations, if that was all, I probably wouldn't be speaking with her right now. I mean, there's lots of people that do that. Uh, those messages are great. I do it too. I, I put it out there. But uh, what's more intriguing about my guest is the transparency that accompanies the motivational energy she puts out. More on that in a moment. Her name is Erica Rankin. She's the founder and CEO of Brodo, a company that produces a 100% plant-based protein-infused edible cookie dough. She launched her company in December of 2019 and has only spent $1,500 on marketing since then, but has amassed a large social media following in that incredibly short amount of time, including over 20,000 followers on LinkedIn. By essentially exposing all aspects of her business, and I mean, this was a true startup uh, from boxes stacked in her apartment, a uh, refrigerator full of cookie dough confessions that uh, she during the winter drove around without the heat on in her car because uh, and she's in Canada by the way uh, because her car was the cold storage for her inventory by telling this st story publicly she keeps the audience engaged for sure and increasing every day you see what makes Erica stand out and why I asked her to come onto the program is that her messages of positivity and productivity are almost inextricably intertwined with the obstacles and struggles she's faced and continues to face, not only with her business, but with internet trolls, with personal struggles. It's all out there, out in the open. Oh yeah, and she's had to overcome by her own admission being an introvert to do this. That is one reason I think she's fascinating and has captivated the attention of so many people so quickly She's been featured in online business publications. People send her products to sample and give her views online. She's now uh, has a consulting course to help small businesses with their social media marketing. Folks, this woman is going places, and that's why I wanted her on the show. Welcome, Erica Rankin. Wow, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> what a nice <laughs> intro. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. And we're going to talk about Brodo, of course. Uh, but here's some other stuff I do know that you've done. I, at one point in your life, you quit all your jobs and impulsively booked a trip to Southeast Asia. Uh, can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I did do that. That was towards the end of 2018. Um, I was basically going through an existential crisis. I did not know what I wanted to do with my life. I was making like minimum wage. I worked in research at a university for a little bit. Um, and I was like making the same amount of money as my sister who was working at a grocery store. <clears throat> and I was very confused because I had my undergraduate degree. I worked so hard in school and I got this really great job, looked great on paper, but I wasn't making a lot of money. 
And uh, I guess what motivated me to book my trip and quit my job was podcasts about entrepreneurship. And I remember sitting at my desk at my nine to five job in my little cubicle um, day in and day out, uh, just like listening to other entrepreneurs come on and like talk about their stories and have jobs and have passions. And um, it just was a cycle. Like I kept going back into work and listening to these podcasts. And then I just got to the end of my rope and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to quit and I had a little bit of money saved and I impulsively randomly <laughs> like one night <laughs> went on Google and like I went and booked a flight to Thailand um found really cheap plane tickets and then I booked like a fitness retreat for a month there um and then when I ended up flying there I fell in love with it and I ended up pushing my flight back like another three months or whatever um and I stayed there for Christmas. I stayed there for my birthday. And then, uh, like, I remember my parents were like, you're not coming home for Christmas. And I was like, no, I'm going to stay in Asia. I'm going to have um, a Christmas here. And it was really weird. Like, I think I only saw one Christmas tree because there's like really no Christmas there. So it was just a really interesting experience. Um, but yeah, I'm, it kind of, I guess, sparked this whole journey for me. Like, I don't know what my life would be if I didn't go on that trip. I, I relate more than you know. I, uh, I I probably wouldn't be in Japan right now if my first job out of college was was in Japan. And I came back to the United States. I went back to the United States and I went back to grad school and I, I did a lot of other stuff. I bounced around all over the place. But if it weren't for that experience when I was a young man, I don't know that I would have done half the stuff I've done in my life. So it's great that you did it when you're young. And um, and speaking of impulsive buys, I one time. Um, I don't know if Priceline, I think Priceline.com is still around, but when I was like your age, Priceline.com worked in this way where you, um, you, you bid on a flight and if you, so you put in your credit card number and if the airline took it, <clears throat> you bought it, it, it's done. And, uh, I don't think they do it that way now, but like I was just screwing around, uh, and checking flights to Costa Rica and, you know, I'm like, I'm surely not going to get it a round trip ticket for like 200 bucks. And sure enough, I guess one, one airline had enough empty seats. They're like, we'll take it. And so I, I bought it and I'm sitting there on the couch talking to my friends. I was in at Florida state at the time. And I was like, dude, I just bought a ticket to Costa Rica. <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm going over Thanksgiving break. And, uh, so, you know, I know about the impulsive buys and going to, you know, random countries. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah and then it's too late to do anything you're like well, what the heck did I just do and it's like well I'm going so <laughs> yeah I'm telling you, you you did the right thing so uh somewhat recently you you also bungee jumped off a cliff right I did um I think two months ago I did that and I think it was I want to say 150 or 200 feet wow yeah I that one is not on my bucket list, but you, you did say that that is on your bucket list. What, what else is on your bucket list? You probably still have a pretty lengthy one. You are much younger than I am. So what else is left on there? I'm like a big adrenaline junkie. Like I would love to do, I think New Zealand has a bungee jump that's like 600 feet. Um, so <laughs> I think I would love, I would love to do that. I 
want to finish my trip through Southeast Asia. Um, like I didn't go everywhere. I want to go to Australia. I want to travel. I really want to go skydiving. Um, that's something else that is just like, I've always wanted to do it. And I actually booked it, I think a year and a half ago on the day I was supposed to go, there was like a giant storm. So I couldn't jump. And then I never got around to like rebooking it. So it's yeah. like, one of those things that's just like waiting for me and I will do it. I'm just not sure when. <laughs> Again, get that done when you're young. I, I had that uh, motivation when I was younger. Now, no way. I just couldn't do it. I don't know. Something changes about you when you get older and you're like, you know, I'm kind of lucky already to be this old. <laughs> I don't want to take any more. Ri- it's not that I don't take any more risks, but I just, uh, you know, I at one point in time wanted to skydive and I never did. And, it's now probably never going to happen. So do it while you're young. It's totally fair. Yeah. I feel like we go through seasons. It's the same with like uh, amusement parks and roller coasters. Like I used to love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I tried to go on one, like I think two years ago and I don't know what happened to my body, but it just, I can't <laughs> handle it the same anymore. <laughs> I am here. Um, yeah. what, what's great is when you share these experiences, like, uh, you know, bungee jumping or uh, your trip to Southeast Asia, you also tie it into the business and being an entrepreneur and, and starting Brodo. Uh, so like with the bungee jumping post, for example, you likened it to starting a business and encourage other people to take the leap, so to speak. Um, do you think that starting the business in December of 2019, just a year and a half ago, and the, the trials and tribulations that have come along with it and overcoming them, uh, that they've given you a sense of, of confidence and, and daring to do more things like bungee jumping or maybe try skydiving. Do you, you think it's, it's, you know, spark that in you? 100%. Um, Cause I think for me, like, again, like I'm an introvert at heart and I was always very apprehensive and scared to do things. Cause it's like going into the unknown. Like it's like, you're walking down a road and like all in front of you is like fog and you can't see anything. So it's like, maybe I stay here cause it's comfortable and I know where I am, or maybe there's something really great down the road. Like you don't really know. Um, so I think like when I started doing the scary thing and like putting myself out there and like the reward that I've been getting from it has made me realize that it's worth it. Um, even though it's not always sunshine and rainbows and there is a lot of <laughs> shit days that happen. Yeah. Um, but also too, like it has a lot to do with like it, it it's good for like self-development because you kind of readjust your your thinking and the way you see failures. Cause I used to get so discouraged and I would look at a failure as like a, a big L, like a loss, and I'd feel <laughs> like super defeated. And now I'm kind of like, okay, cool, like what else you got for me? Like let's bring it on. <laughs> like right. I'm ready for that. So I kind of like look at it as a challenge. Um, And then when you overcome it, it's probably like one of the best feelings. And then also too, like you can take that experience and talk about it and help other people to prevent them from doing that. So that's kind of like one of the good things about going through those challenging times. Well, that you certainly do encourage other people. I mean, I think that's why you've you've amassed such a, a large following. And, you know, when you post something, Lots of people engage with your posts, you know, um, it's, it's impressive actually. Um, so, you know, Erica, do you think you're still an introvert? Um, yeah, you don't, you don't seem so because <laughs> if you check your TikTok and your, I understand LinkedIn is a different sort of platform and maybe you're a little bit more formal there, 
But if you look at your Instagram and TikTok, where I guess your audience is probably younger there, you're a little more youthful and energetic in those spaces. You don't seem like an introvert. I guess it's like I'm a work in progress. Like I'm definitely um, like there's like a spectrum of like introvert on one side and extrovert on the other side. And I think I'm slowly moving up to extrovert. I'm still kind of over on the introvert side, I think. Um, But I'm like working really, really hard to, I guess, get there. I don't know if I ever will. Like I hired a business coach and um, even like uh, because I did I do consulting now for marketing and I have a course and I have a few people in it and I just. I think talking to people um, and like even like going on podcasts and stuff, like talking in front of large audiences, like that is the most terrifying. I would rather jump off a cliff a hundred times because <laughs> um, it's it's very scary to me. Um, even in like, I talk about this a lot, but like in high school, I would go to the teacher and I'd ask if I could pre- present to them one-on-one instead of like in front of the class. Cause I was so scared about what people would think of me and like, um, just talking in front of people. Like it, I was mm. so insecure about it. Um, even like I had cute cards and I would not look up once I would just read <laughs> word <laughs> for word and then I'd yep. have the PowerPoint in the background and I would just get through it. Um, so I think it's like, um, a work in progress and I'm just trying to put myself out there. Um, and TikTok is like a little different because I just set up my tripod and it's just like me by myself in my house. <laughs> and then if I put it out there and I, I haven't like, it's interesting, like different platforms have different audiences. And like right. a lot of um, my followers on TikTok, like they love like the fun, like energetic, like trendy things. Right. Um, and I haven't really gotten like any negative comments. I think it's when I get some negative I guess, comments or feedback from things that I put out there, then it kind of messes with me. And then I kind of, um, second guess putting stuff out there. But, um, yeah, I think to answer your question, long story short, like, I think, yes, like I am still slightly introverted. Mm. Um, I've just gotten a lot better at getting uncomfortable, um, and putting myself out there. That's great. Yeah. I think you actually have a post about, um, these aren't your words, but I think the sentiment was like embrace uncomfortableness, like, you know, just go for it, launch yourself into uncomfortable things. And I, I love that advice. I, I actually have an episode about being comfortable with the uncomfortable and uh, you know, I, I struggle with it too. Um, I want to read the first post of yours that caught my attention. Uh, and it was about two months ago, I think uh, I'll just read it verbatim here. Shout out to my first employer that told me I would never get hired anywhere else at the age of 16. Shout out to the young girl who said nasty things to me uh, for sharing my struggles on social media. Shout out to the guy who said I am only successful because of the way I look. All of these things have propelled me further in the direction I'm wanting to go. Turn the negativity into productivity. So when I read that, I I was hooked. I, I wanted you on the show and, um, because hearing negative stuff is not easy. A lot of people want to crumble. Um, do you do you think? And I know you've already said that you uh, you know that stuff can make you feel like oh I, I don't know if I want to put anything else out there anymore. So I know it does still hurt. Do you think you've developed a thicker skin about it over time now? Oh my gosh, yes, a hundred percent. It's funny too because I've done a lot of like. I openly talk about my experience, like being in therapy and kind of like healing myself. And, um, I think again, it all comes down to 
the way that you see things and the way you understand how people's brains work and how people work in general. Like, cause a lot of the hate that comes from people, it's not a reflection of you and it's not really about you. It's about them. So I think kind of changing the way that I perceive those mean, nasty comments and stuff, um, has really helped me. Um, but at the beginning of my journey, when I like, oh man, I had like some really bad days. Um, I had some people tell me they didn't like my product and that I should change a bunch of things and like, just basically all these bad things happening at once. Um, and I was really down and really discouraged and I actually considered like throwing in the towel and this was like Mm. last August, last, last August. Um, and then, yeah, like I started doing therapy and kind of shifting my mentality and surrounding myself with really positive, uplifting people. Um, and I think that has helped a lot, but there is nothing worse than being a kid and like hearing that, like I had my first job, I was 16. I was at an ice cream shop and, Um, I remember I had done something wrong. I wasn't trained properly. And the woman told me to leave through the back. She didn't want me going through the front for customers to see me. Um, and she was not the nicest woman. Um, and then she said those things to me and she said, no one else is going to hire you. Um, and I like went home and I was like, I'm never going to have another job again. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then I got another job at another place that I worked at for seven years. And, um, I was so appreciated there and it was just like a complete switch. And I was like, you know what? She was wrong. People can be wrong. Um, And then I understood that. And then I kind of, I think that was when I started to realize like people are going to be mean to you and they're going to say things to you, but it's not true. And you need to not take it to heart, Mm. Um, especially as a business owner, because the bigger you get, um, the more exposure you have to people and then right. the more likely you're going to have people who are hateful and are going to say things. You're going to, I mean, it, it yeah. just, it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's a numbers thing. I mean, once you're out there that much, I had a, um, I'm on more social media than I care to be because, but I, I have to, to promote the show. And, uh, so one of the, I, I use four platforms and, uh, one of them is Twitter sort of regret it. I wish I had picked it. I wish I had picked another one. Right. And, uh, the thing is I've got more followers on Twitter than any other. I've got like 6,000 something followers, Oh wow, okay. but nobody, well, it's, it's not really because nobody clicks off of Twitter. Like I can promote this show all day on Twitter and it's like crickets and tumbleweeds. I mean, just nothing. And, uh, but I'll, I can promote it on Facebook or LinkedIn and, you know, I can see a bump in the, um, in the downloads. But I, you know, all those followers on Twitter, I, anyway, I put out something. I, the only thing I've had to go semi-viral, I put out a meme and it got uh, 310,000 uh, likes on Twitter. And I'm getting back to the original point, which was that not, probably 19 out of 20 people um, had, if they commented, it was positive and like, oh, this is so funny. You know, oh, I love your tweets. You know, this is great. But it would be that one out of 20 that would be an asshole. And it would like ruin my day. And it's like, why? Why why wouldn't I focus on the 19 people that said something nice and positive and that one asshole will, you know, ruin my day? So Yeah. Relatable. I totally get it. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Um, yeah, because you know, as I alluded to earlier, you you are quite open and transparent on LinkedIn and um and and the other platforms and um like i said i think that's why you've gotten such a huge following uh, not because it's reality tv being played out before our eyes but because so many of us relate to the struggles 
um, but don't have the nerve to put it out there like you do. So um, let, let me highlight one. You mentioned dealing with an eating disorder. Can you expand on that? Yeah, so that was, I think that started in university. Like I was 17 or 18. Um, and then I got into bodybuilding, <laughs> which is not good if you have an eating disorder. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought it would cure me and it didn't. It made things worse. Um, so I competed in two shows. I was spending like 12 hours a week at the gym. I didn't go out for dinner or drinks for a year and a half. Um, I basically had no social life. I was like weighing every single thing I was eating. I remember at Christmas, I would literally weigh my turkey and my potatoes on the scale. <laughs> and my family was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm competing in bodybuilding. This is fine. Um, and it's fine. Like I know some people can do the sport healthily and they're able to, um, I guess, not have any after effects, like in terms of like eating problems and stuff. But for me, it was kind of like a catalyst, like into my like full blown eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, I got really bad. Like, I think also too, when I started traveling, like it kind of, like I came right out of my show, like, and I went backpacking and then I was drinking and eating and gained a ton of weight. And then I came home and none of my clothes fit. And it was just like, um, I felt so bad about myself. And then I kind of went back into dieting and I wanted to like compete again because I needed a purpose. So for me, like, I think one of the reasons why I booked my trip, um, was cause I was just so confused about where to take my life. Mm. Cause I always have to have, um, something I'm working towards. So I had my shows, I competed in my shows. And then when I competed, I ended up winning my class. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like, what am I doing now? Like, what do I have to work towards? Right. Cause there was really no areas in my life that I was feeling fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's, I was trying to find myself on this trip, which luckily enough I was able to, um, and then I got home and then it kind of all came back. And then I realized that I really needed to fix things within myself. Cause it was starting to affect my business. Like it was just, mm like with food, like it's very hard for people who have never had eating disorders to like wrap their head around. Right. Um, but you, it's literally, it just consumed your mind. Like it's all you think about. And, um, I had like bulimia and then I had binge eating disorder. And then there were some days when I just didn't even want to get out of bed and like work on my business. Um, and then I started working with a therapist regularly, like every other week. And then I finally like started to heal, um, last winter I think I started yeah. um, and then now I'm like it's still a challenge for me but I'm getting a little better um but it's still like it's one of those things that's a work in progress but it's definitely um it's it's really nice to see how far I've come in comparison to like last year yeah I, I think that's what you know and I, I don't bring it up to you know uh I mean well I bring it up because you've you've posted about it but I, I think that people appreciate it because even if they don't have a, an eating disorder and maybe they do um that maybe there's some other issue maybe they're an alcoholic or maybe they're a drug addict or, or whatever it is and the fact that you were willing to put yourself out there and talk about it <clears throat> i think is helpful and you do always put a, a kind of positive spin on it you know you say like you're not alone help is out there um you've talked about depression and i, th I think people really relate to that stuff because Honestly, Erica, everybody's got something. Everybody's got something going on. You know, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And so, you know, we appreciate people like you. And, um, and, you know, as far as the trolls, the people saying bad stuff, you know, I like that you 
use the negativity as fuel, as energy. Uh, you have another post where you said a friend of yours uh, made a, a kind of off-color remark about your business and it hurt. And then you turned that hurt into productivity and you ended the friendship, which, you know, good for you. <laughs> um, I think that's what people really like when they, they read your post is, you know, it, I think a lot of people, I guess when you were talking about before that you had reached sort of, you know, some almost an impasse where you felt like, I don't even know if I'm going to, if I want to put anything else out there on TikTok or if I want to go forward with this business, but you do, you keep going out there. And I think people love that. And I think a lot of people are rooting for you. So thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, I guess I started doing this like last August or September, especially on LinkedIn. And then I guess I started getting all these messages from people from all over the world. And it made me realize like how big of an impact you can have just as one person. So that's why I do what I do. <laughs> well, speaking of one person, you've been a one woman show for a while, but you said recently that one of the mistakes you made was not networking, putting yourself out there like eight months in your business and still not utilizing LinkedIn. So what, why did you change and how did you change? What did, what did you do to reach out to get some help with the business? Yeah. So I went eight months in without touching LinkedIn. I think I had 12 connections in October, yeah, September, October or something. Um, and I met a friend and he was like, why aren't you on there? Like, it's going to change your life. Um, cause I guess I got to a point where I was working in the business instead of on the business. And I was like, Hey, I've never done this before. I don't know how to grow it. I don't know how to hire. I don't know how to manage people. Like I need to talk to someone who's done this before. Um, and a lot of my friends, like I love them, but they all work like traditional nine to five jobs and for the government. So they couldn't really give me advice on that. So I remember going on LinkedIn, I connected with a bunch of CPG founders and then I went to their connections and then I started connecting with all of their connections. <laughs> and then it was just like this big chain reaction. And then I started getting all these calls with all of these like CEOs, like Susie York, who has Love Good Fats and Mike Fada, who um, had Manitoba Harvest, who's still like my mentor. Um, I just remember like shaking, like <laughs> messaging them. And I was like, hi, like I have this cookie dough company and I admire you. And like, you're a huge role model for me. Like, I would love to have like 20 minutes to like pick your brain. Um, and I was like so down on myself and I didn't think that they would message me back. Um, but they did. And they took calls with me. Like I remember Susie hopped on the phone with me when she was in her car driving to a meeting and was giving me tips. Um, and then I just kind of understood that it's kind of like a cycle of giving back because mm -hmm. those people were literally like in my shoes not that long ago. And there was someone above them who was helping them out. So it's just kind of like a pay it forward model. Right. And like it's karma. It just like comes back to you. Um, and then it's funny because now I'm doing the same thing for founders who are just starting out on their journey and they're messaging me and they're like, help me, like, give me, give me advice. And it's like, wow, this is so cool. Like, it's just, you kind of like move down this, like, like growth, like period. And, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I, uh, LinkedIn has changed my life forever. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally making the transition. I'm still pretty new to the platform, but you know, my attention had been on Facebook and, you know, I'm not done with Facebook, but I'm certainly shifting my focus over to LinkedIn now as my kind of primary go-to. I have to build it up. I, it's outstanding uh, that you, within a year, 
gained 20,000 followers. I, that's just remarkable. <laughs> uh, did you have like one kind of viral moment or have you just grown that just exponentially fast? Um, and yeah, I just even like, we have like a group chat, like a bunch of random people that I've never even met and it's Brodo groupies. <laughs> <laughs> And they're all like my hype men. Like they like they're just there's like I think ten or twelve or something people in that group, and they're just so supportive. And um, we have like a few Zoom chats and stuff. But it's just yeah, it's I have never felt like I belonged anywhere. And I'm kind of going on that platform and meeting like like many people is just like really eye opening. I think um, and it makes the world feel so much smaller because you can literally like you're in Japan right now and you can like hop on a call, you know, and it's, yep. it's, it's just amazing. I think. Yeah. I, I really like the platform too. Cause you know, 10 years ago, LinkedIn was just a kind of place you put your resume and then, but now it's, it has become a genuine social media platform, but without, it doesn't have nearly the amount of toxicity that say Twitter does. I mean, generally people are positive on there. I see a couple of negative, you know, comments now and then, but it's generally pretty positive and people don't argue too much. It's not as political, you know, as Facebook and Twitter. And uh, so, yeah, I really enjoy it. But Well, what, um, so if people want to follow you, where all can they find you? Uh, Instagram, TikTok, what are your handles there? Yeah, so my handles are Brodo Canada on both Instagram and TikTok. And then if anyone wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's just Erica Rankin. Okay. And uh, what else What else you got going on? I know you've got uh, growwitherica.com. That's a course for others to learn how to utilize TikTok. Um, can you speak to that? Yeah, so you can shoot me an email. It's just Erica, E-R-I-C-A at brodo.ca. And I offer one-on-one consulting. Um, and then I'm actually going to release like an ebook or something for TikTok and uh, how to really leverage um, social media because I was able to grow my TikTok to, I think I'm at 140,000 followers now and wow. 5 million likes over five months which was pretty crazy. I must have <laughs> but, found, I, you know, I've been mentioning your 20,000 on LinkedIn. I went on, I, I'm not on TikTok. And so I went on to like find you to find, you know, cause I wanted to say, Oh, she's got 20,000 on LinkedIn. She's got 7,000 on Instagram and she's got, you know, uh, whatever on TikTok. And I must've found like one of your original accounts. Cause it was like a hundred followers. <laughs> And I was like, I thought she was big on TikTok. What's going on? And I didn't really research it that well. And I was like, what? I must be missing something. I I was missing something. Okay. You got like 100,000 followers. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok's like kind of where I spend the most time. So. Okay. I'll get that straightened out in the, and I'll have the right one in the notes. I won't link it to like whatever your original, because I think I just put in like Erica Rankin, you know, and it like popped up maybe your original TikTok account or something. Yeah. Well, that's like, cause I'm doing a course and one of um, uh, my clients like in the course, she's like, um, how many followers do you have? Cause I found your page and uh, you have like a hundred. And I was <laughs> like, that's not the right account. <laughs> I would be such an imposter if I was teaching TikTok and had a hundred followers. Well, I knew that there must be something else going on. I just, uh, I should have, you know, looked further. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But uh, okay, well, I will. Uh, I will link all that. How's uh, how's business? It's good. Um, it's kind of a weird transition point. Like I'm at my dad's right now, and I have all my 
stuff around me and uh, my freezer and fridge is in my dad's garage and I kind of pick and pack and still ship out and make it myself. Um, but one of the reasons why I moved um, to Toronto was because I found my co-packer. So they're going to manufacture my product um, by the thousands and I won't have to do anything. I put in a nice. purchase order and they take care of it. And then it's going to get distributed um, into retail stores across Canada. Can, can people buy Brodo online? Like, can they buy it direct? They can. So if you live in Canada, um, uh, I, only ship, I only ship within here right now due to it being frozen and all of that fun stuff. Um, right. But yeah, the website's brodo.ca. Um, and then eventually later this year, um, it'll be available in um, grocery stores for Canadians as well. Okay. Well, I do have a few Canadian listeners. So if you're listening and you're in Canada, you go get some Brodo. Um, well, Erica, thank you uh, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, and if, uh, if you're listening to this and you like the show, uh, check us out at patreon.com slash sin sandwich. Um, for three bucks, I will, uh, uh, you, you can even sign up and cancel and I'll still send you a handmade postcard here from Japan. Uh, my wife and I, we make washi, which is Japanese paper. And, uh, so, you know, when I get a patron, I send them a postcard. I'd like to send you one just as a thanks for, um, you know, for coming onto the show. So after we, uh, get off air here, I'll get your, I'll get an address where I can send you a postcard. So um, oh, that'd be so great. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I keep every single note that I get from everyone that I meet, like over the past year, I have like a stack of them. Um, yeah. I don't want to have them. I want to put them like in a frame or like collage, you know, <laughs> they're nice. I love them. Well, I'll, uh, I'll get a postcard, uh, you know, this week out to you. So, cool. well, thank, thanks so much, Erica. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me.